Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their second summer release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs, 101 Tales of Family, Friendship, and Fun. So be ready for some heartwarming, humorous, and completely true stories about our canine companions that will surely touch every dog lover's soul. Good morning, Amy. Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. This is so much fun. Last week, we talked about cats. This week, we talk about dogs. <laughs> I, I guess we need a book about other kinds of pets, too, but we just don't have one available. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I am so excited about this topic. It is my favorite topic. I love dogs. By the way, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs is a fun and entertaining read. Congratulations on this release and a gigantic woof woof to all the dogs who are listening as this book is dedicated to you. You know, dogs are so fascinating in that mm-hmm. they're just, they're, they just become totally part of our lives. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they're just great lap dogs and, you know, dogs that you can love and cuddle with. And sometimes they have the most amazing skills. And with 101 stories, we have so much variety in this book. I just found it fascinating to read about all the different kinds of talents these dogs have, the therapy dogs, the shelter dogs or natural therapy dogs with no training. Mm-hmm. They're just amazing animals. They really are. Is that why dog stories are so popular? Yeah. I mean, everybody loves dogs, right? They're, <laughs> they're, just, they're just so compelling. You just look in their eyes and you just look deep into those eyes and you just feel something, right? There's just mm-hmm. something so noble and warm and spiritual about looking into a dog's face because they're yeah. just so pure and open-hearted, like, they just give to you, right? They just Mm -hmm. openly give to you, and it's all right there. There's Mm -hmm. nothing hidden, you know, and they live in the moment, and they forget a minute, you know, if if they got in trouble for something, five minutes later, they're (laughs) over it. They're great models for us. They really are. Right, right. So true. Can you tell us about Chicken Soup's wonderful partnership with American Humane? We love American Humane. You know, it's the um, oldest animal welfare organization in the country. They've been around for more than 140 years. And if you see, you know, hurricanes, wildfires, earthquakes, whatever kind of natural disasters go on, you'll see American Humane has mobilized to that location. And they're Mm -hmm. there rescuing pets helping to empty shelters that are maybe about to, you know, be burned down or be flooded. Um, They're helping to restore those pets to their families. They are incredible. They have a lot of ex-military people who work for them, and they literally mobilize. They have, you know, special vehicles and special protocols, and 
it's like an army of people who go out there to help dogs, cats, farm animals, zoo animals, wildlife, any kind of animals that need help. American Humane is there to help them. And they're really great about educating people about adopting their pets from shelters. They just do such a wonderful job. They're the people behind the no animals were harmed, you know, in the film mm-hmm. industry. They also certify zoos um, for being, you know, for zoos and aquariums that are like gigantic shelters really for their animals. Most people don't realize that a lot of zoos and aquariums are taking in wounded animals, injured animals, and then, um, you know, helping them heal and then rehabbing them back into the wilderness if possible. But if not, then they basically live in place in human care Mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives. So American Humane is involved with that also. It's really a great organization. We've worked with them for years. And I think this might be the fifth pair of cat and dog books where we're donating royalties from the books to American Humane. And so um, these cat and dog books that just came out, I'm sure will result in donations of many tens of thousands of dollars to American Humane. Wonderful. That's beautiful. How is adopting a dog from the shelter so rewarding? It's like the dog knows that you rescued it. They Mm -hmm. really do know. And people say, everybody has a special relationship with their dog. But people say there's something extra special in the relationship when they've rescued a dog from a shelter or from a rescue organization or, you know, some place where it needs to be rescued from and and taken into a home. And they say the dogs always seem to be grateful and know that they were rescued. And so Mm -hmm. there is a really special thing that goes on there. And, of course, even though people say, this is my rescue dog, I got this dog from the shelter, they always then say in the next sentence, but you know what, my dog kind of rescued me too from blah, 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 <laughs> whatever it was, from going mm-hmm. through my divorce, from becoming an empty nester, from my kid having trouble at school and the dog is his best friend. Whatever it is, they say my dog rescued me back. Mm-hmm. So true. That's very, very true. What makes a dog a perfect pet for a person? You know, it depends on the kind of dog. So you're you're like an active person. You want a companion to go running with. Maybe you're running on trails where you're worried about coyotes <laughs> or bobcats. You get a big dog. Your dog runs with you. And then the dog needs to be run every day, so that forces you to run every day. Maybe right. you're somebody who wants to be sedentary and you're – older and you want to just stay at home but you want a companion so you get like a pug you know you get something that wants to sit around with you or you get a senior (laughs) dog but whatever your needs are you can find a dog to meet those needs and what happens is you go to a shelter and that dog will just make itself known to you you Mm -hmm. might walk in there with one idea but you're going to walk out with a different dog and you'll say, that was the perfect fit, and basically, you know, <laughs> the dog chose me. That's pretty interesting, though. That's true. Very true. Are there attributes that make a person a perfect dog owner? You have to be willing to make a commitment, you know? I mean, I've known people who, you know, they want a puppy, and then the puppy is two years old, and all of a sudden it's not a puppy, and now they're bored. You know, <laughs> that's not the right person. It's, it's a right. lifetime commitment. You 
you bring a dog into your life, you are responsible for that dog for the rest of its life. And that means you're going to go through the ups and downs and you will be there when your dog passes on and you're signing up for that when you become a dog owner, that you are going to help that dog during his or her senior years and provide the best possible, you know, elder care for your dog, mm-hmm. as well as all those previous good times that were much easier. So you mm-hmm. have to be willing to make that commitment, which could be 10 years, 14 years, right. even 16 years, depending on the breed. Right. That's true, though. That's very, very true. And it's amazing on how many people sort of abandon the dogs after so many years. And it's a shame that happens. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, though, somebody really, there's nothing they can do. Something drastic changed their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had to move into a place that doesn't accept dogs. The responsible ones, though, you know, find a new home for the dog or take the dog to a no-kill shelter with mm-hmm. the dog's favorite toys and treats and say, please find this dog a good home, you know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That can happen where you really do have to rehome the dog. That's interesting. You find somebody to take your dog, you know, a family member, mm-hmm. a friend, or you go to a shelter. Um, that's, you know, there are shelters near everybody, but you don't mm-hmm. want to go to one of those municipal shelters that has to kill dogs when they start running oh. out of, oh. That's okay. really, really bad. So you want to go to what's called a no-kill shelter, where okay. the dog will be kept in the shelter forever if it doesn't find a new home. Wow, that's wonderful. Please tell us about the book's beautiful front and back covers. I love the covers. It's so engaging, and you just have to pick it up. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the idea, you know, but it's always a lot of work to make a cover, and we spend so much time tweaking these covers and looking for the right image. And because this book is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs, we wanted a picture of a dog where it was a little bit magical. So we have this gorgeous dog that's running, maybe on a beach. And there is just something magical about this dog. All four legs are up in the air as it's flying through the air, basically. Um, And we went with a red, white, and blue look on this cover because we figured – it's July, and, you know, there's flags <laughs> yeah. everywhere, and it just seemed appropriate for this time of year. And, of course, it's an election year. And I, I feel I – I did this in 2016 also. I, I did a lot of red, mm-hmm. white, and blue covers that year as well because I just feel like it's appropriate for an election year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the cover is great. We embossed the title. We always do that because it makes the book more of a gift when you have right. – a beautiful cover, and we spent the extra money to emboss the title. And then we made the back really fun also. We have four very compelling dogs on the back, including a Boston Terrier. And I have a neighbor who's a Boston Terrier now. What a hoot that dog is. (laughs) And we had a a bunch of stories about Boston Terriers in this book. I think they might be getting really popular. So I put a Boston Terrier on the back cover along with, a golden because, you know, everybody loves mm-hmm, a golden. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the golden that we have on the back cover has a white face, so it's a senior dog. And we make mm. a big deal out of senior dogs because we try very hard to educate people about the value of adopting senior dogs or uh, black dogs or pit bulls or pit bull mixes because these are all the categories of dogs that often get 
overlooked at the shelters. And they're wonderful mm-hmm. dogs to adopt. So we have a senior dog on the back cover also. I love it. How did you come up with the various chapters for the book? So I always let the stories tell me what the book's going to be about. So when we uh, let the public know that we're collecting stories for a book, we get thousands of submissions. And that really informs how the book comes out because if it's a year where everybody's talking about a certain topic, then we focus on that a lot. We, We figure the stories coming in from the public are telling us what people are interested in reading about. And so we always let the stories guide us. And so that's how we come up with the chapters. So this year, the first chapter is called Magical Miraculous Dogs. And it's just these mind-blowing, mm-hmm. you know, stories where these incredible things happen. And then the second chapter is called Natural Therapist. Because so many dogs, even without training, just intuitively know how to be a therapy animal. And then chapter three is called Meant to Be, and that's about those adoptions or other ways that people get dogs where it was just totally meant to be. And you can't imagine mm-hmm. a better, you know, more perfect fit between a person and a dog. And then chapter four has a lot of stories about dogs with unusual skills or unusual traits, and it's called What a Character. And then chapter five is about dogs who really want have a purpose. They want to work. They want to accomplish something and be of use. And so that chapter is called A Dog's Purpose. And then chapter six is called What I Learned from the Dog. And people report about those life lessons that they learned from their dogs. Mm-hmm. Chapter seven is about dogs that just get out there and make friends with everybody and bring neighbors <laughs> together, bring communities together. So chapter seven is called Melting Hearts. And then chapter eight is Who Rescued Who, and we talked about that already. You know, you rescue a dog from the shelter, and dog rescues you right back. Chapter nine is about living in the moment. I think it's one of the most valuable things that dogs teach us is Mm -hmm. about living in the moment and enjoying the present, and, you know, instead of worrying about the to-do list or everything else going on. And then chapter (laughs) 10 is about those fabulous, you know, bonds between people and their dogs. And chapter 10 is called Best Friends. Beautiful. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading The Magic of Dogs? Two things. One, I want them to understand the tremendous variety of dogs available and how they really can get the dog that is right for them. And then second, I want them to think shelter first when they're going out to get that new member of their family. And I think because we emphasize dogs that were adopted from shelters or other rescue situations in our books, we introduce our readers to the fact that there are fabulous dogs available to adopt. Uh, And so we want people just to think, you know, oh, I want a new dog, I will go to the shelter. Wonderful. That's a good message to send out. I totally agree with you that the sheltered dogs are the best ones to get, no doubt about it. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchasers, Listen Notes, and Hub Hopper. 
I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about heartwarming, humorous, and true stories about our canine companions that touches every dog's lover's soul. From their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs, 101 Tales of Family, Friendship, and Fun. Amy, let's talk about the chapters. Chapter 1, Magical, Miraculous Dog. And I love this story, Love at First Sight by A.J. Nunes. This was an amazing story because A.J. had moved from the city to the country with her fiancé, and he was away two weeks at a time for business, and she really wanted to get a dog for companionship, but she was still commuting back to the city for work, so she thought, I can't get a dog because the dog would be alone too much. So she wanted dogs in her life, though, she, so she decided to volunteer at the local Humane Society, and she volunteered there once a week, and she had been volunteering there for more than a year when a couple walked in with a really sad and scared and sick one-year-old boxer collie mix. This was an example of somebody leaving a dog behind and then the neighbors mm-hmm. taking care of it. So their neighbors had left this behind, and these this couple responsibly brought this lovely dog to the shelter and said, her name is Bella, and, you know, we can't take care of her. Please find her a new home. And so AJ fell in love with Bella right away, but she couldn't adopt a dog. And so she was very sad when Bella, after a few weeks, was adopted, but she knew that was the right thing for her. But she just couldn't stop thinking about this dog, Bella, and all AJ did was talk about Bella. Then finally, months later, AJ's fiancé took a new job where he was going to be home every night, and you know, not traveling all the time. And so now they could get a dog. And so they went to an adoption event, but just none of the dogs appealed to AJ. And all she could do was think about Bella, <laughs> that dog that got away. But then they said, all right, we're going to go to the Humane Society And AJ saw a dog named Penelope on the Humane Society's website. So she said, well, that one looks good. They went to the Humane Society (laughs) to get Penelope. It turned out it was Bella with a new name. The people who had adopted her brought her back. So now AJ could have this dog who she had been obsessing about for all these months. Mm -hmm. And so AJ Mm -hmm. said that while she was writing the story for Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs. Bella was sitting right beside her on the couch trying to lick AJ's face because she couldn't understand why AJ was crying. But AJ said, (laughs) you know, they were happy tears. And she ended her story saying, we should have stopped and bought a lottery ticket the day of her adoption because it was the luckiest day of our lives. So I just thought, what a great story about Mm -hmm. a dog destined to be with a certain human. It's a beautiful story. The title speaks for itself. <laughs> it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful story. The next story that I really like in this chapter is Angels Don't Always Have Wings by Deborah Kellogg. Yeah, this is an amazing story. So Deborah was in um, Germany. She was taking a course at an institute there, and One night, she stayed late at the Institute, and then she was walking home through this little city, and it was about a two-mile walk, but it was a quiet, safe little place, and so she didn't think there was anything wrong with 
being out alone in the dark, even though she was a young woman. But then these four young men came out of a pub and started walking behind her and calling out to her. And she walked faster, and so did they. She kept turning onto different streets, and they kept turning onto the same street. So she knew she was in trouble, and she was almost running. And they were keeping up with her. So she was in really big danger. And she started praying. And then suddenly this huge German shepherd came bounding out of a dark yard that she passed. And he was barking and wagging his tail and circling around her like he'd been waiting for her. It looked like he was her dog. And so she slowed down to pet this gigantic German shepherd. And then she resumed walking and the dog went with her, this dog she'd never seen before in her life. So those young men spotted this big German shepherd and they got out of there. And then she thought the dog would leave, but the dog stayed with her for at least another half hour and took her all the way to her door two miles away. And then he kept going, but he didn't even turn and go back to where he had run into her. He kept going, you know, in the opposite direction. Right. And she said she couldn't understand where he came from because dogs were not allowed to run free in this German city where she was. And they were very big rule followers there. So she couldn't understand how there was a loose dog out and how he came and rescued her and then walked her all the way home. So that's why we put that story in a chapter called Miraculous Magical Dogs. I love it. It's a beautiful angel coming to help someone. It's beautiful. Do you have a story in this chapter, chapter one, that you really like? Well, there's another story by one of our regular writers, Jill Burns, and Mm -hmm. it's one of our COVID stories. So we have at least a dozen stories in this book that are very, very recent because they're about staying home with the dog during the COVID pandemic. And what happened was this book was almost done, and then I realized if the printer would let us get the book there a little late, I could do a quickie call out for stories and get some COVID stories in this book. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we did. So it's very, very topical. So uh, Jill wrote a story about how she really disapproved when her daughter, who was already, you know, overburdened with things to do and stressed out, her daughter went and adopted a third dog, a puppy, during the COVID (laughs) lockdown. But, you know, a lot of people did. There were shelters that were just emptied, absolutely emptied. Like shelters had no dogs left. People just rose to the occasion and said, we're going to go and get the dogs out of the shelters. We're going to be home anyway. We've been wanting to get a shelter dog. We're going to get a shelter dog and take it home because we're going to be home for two or three months or more. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect time for us to welcome a new animal into our family. And so even though she thought her daughter was crazy to get this puppy, <laughs> she watched how it affected her daughter. And she said that, her daughter all of a sudden relaxed and the strain and the stress in her daughter's voice disappeared. And also Mm -hmm. her daughter had these other two dogs, but one was quite old. And so her, you know, daughter, her her dog of medium age who was still active was always bugging the senior dog. So by getting the puppy that gave (laughs) the medium dog, you know, somebody new to play with. Yeah. So she said that this dog just transformed her daughter's household made the other dogs happy, made her daughter happy. She heard her daughter singing again. There was joy in her voice as she described the puppy's hilarious antics. 
And so Jill <laughs> says, you know, this little pandemic puppy spread more magic and bliss around than imagined. And her daughter had been had been supposed to go on a cruise and the cruise got canceled. So I guess the money she got back for the cruise being canceled, she could use to pay the expenses of having this new puppy. And so Jill said, you know what? My daughter could not have picked a more perfect time to bring home a new puppy. So that was her daughter's pandemic puppy. Oh, that's beautiful. In chapter two, the story that I like is actually a pandemic story. It's really wonderful. The chapter two title is Natural Therapist. And the story that I really like is In Times of Trouble by Pat Willis. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> Pat Dog had to learn about Zoom meetings. So Pat had always worked at home, but she hadn't been doing Zoom meetings. I mean, she maybe was on a few phone calls, but nothing like the amount of interaction we have now. Right. And so she said the first time that she joined a meeting and the voices of the participants filled her office, her dog Winston was so bewildered. And he was pawing at her leg and he couldn't understand, like, who is mommy talking to? You know, and so she picked him up and plunked him into her lap. But then she looked at the computer, and there was Winston's face, you know, in her box, or, you know, the Zoom box that you show up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big dog face there, and she thought, "Oh no, I'm so embarrassed." But then everybody else in the call started laughing and grinning, and and she felt all her tension, you know, melt away. And you know, we we. These stories were all from, like, March and April. They were from the very, very early days of the pandemic when we were all terrified, right, because we didn't know what was going to (laughs) happen. We didn't know if we were all going to get it. Like, we didn't know what we thought we were going to die. Nobody knew what was going to happen, you know, so it was pretty scary in those days. Now people are more accustomed to the situation. This was the early days, and so – this little dog, she said, transformed into a virtual therapy dog for everybody who she worked with. <laughs> so that was a really cute story. Yeah, I love it. These are the things that people don't realize. You're at home working and, like you say, having a Zoom meeting, and all of a sudden <laughs> the dog can't handle it. <laughs> oh, there was such oh, a and- funny one. There's, all, there's been all those, like, newscasters working from home and, you know, and their videos yeah. go viral. But there was one of a newscaster in Florida. I think he was the weatherman. And so Mm -hmm. the cameraman was outside his window filming him from outside the house. And so the, you know, the weatherman's inside, the cameraman is outside coming through the window and the dog wanders in and then looks at the window and then jumps up and puts his paws on the windowsill and peers right into the camera's lens. It was hysterical. It was just so funny. Do you have a story that you like in Chapter 2? There's a really cool one, and it's actually from a woman who lives in my town. I don't know her, but Mm -hmm. I noticed, you know, when I saw her information that she lives in my town. Mm -hmm. So she had a son who was 11 who had just been diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome, and the poor kid was going through a really rough time. He hadn't been to school in a few weeks. He was really embarrassed because he would say things he didn't mean to say. And then their guinea pig died while they were away on vacation, and the person taking care of their guinea pig, you know, called Michelle Mm -hmm, because the guinea mm -hmm. pig died. And Michelle was like, oh, my God, my son is going through so much already, and now the guinea pig has died. And 
the kids had already always been promised a dog, but she had just been putting it off and putting it off because she hadn't been raised with a dog. But she had researched it, and she had decided that if they ever did get a dog, she wanted a golden retriever. So now she's on vacation. She's online. She's looking for a breeder. And by the way, we talk about shelters. We're also very much in favor of getting dogs from responsible breeders. You know, those mm-hmm, breeders mm-hmm. who... Yeah. The dog is their pet, and they're breeding their own pet. It's not, you know, stuck in a barn with 30 other breeding right. dogs. Right, so, right. Um, so this is a responsible, good breeder. So she found a, a golden uh, that had just had puppies. And so they arranged to get one, and they would pick her up in six weeks. And so her son went on medication during the six weeks they were waiting, and then finally the day came that they were going to get the puppy, and they got the puppy, and her son was in heaven. And Michelle was surprised because she was this I-don't-like-dogs person, and she fell in love with the puppy instantly, Mm -hmm. instantly became a dog person. But she said this dog transformed her son because he was still going to be out of school for a bit longer. And so he walked the dog. The dog played with him. The dog became his best friend. And the dog really helped to make him happy again. So by the time he returned to school, he was in much better mm-hmm. shape emotionally than he would have been without that dog. And she said now nine years have passed, and her son and her daughter both refer to the dog as their sister. And um, Michelle's husband calls the dog his therapy dog, but mm-hmm. in reality, Michelle says she's you know, the therapy dog for every right. single family member. Right, right. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful story. Again, it's that special connection that somehow just exists naturally. It's amazing. Yes, the dogs are, there's really something amazing about dogs. And I think you see it in other canine mm-hmm. animals, you know, like foxes and wolves. And, and there's a lot of the same tra- traits. Like I looked out my window one day and saw mm-hmm. three deer and a fox standing in a circle in my yard <laughs> looking at each other, like, you know, two feet away from each other. Right, right, right. Just standing in a circle like they were having a meeting or something. No fear. <laughs> just like deer, three deer and a fox being friends with each other. That's amazing. Chapter three, Meant to Be. It's a beautiful story. A senior dog named Ernest by Peggy Friesen. So Peggy really influenced me when many years ago I read a story from her about Mm -hmm. her policy of adopting senior dogs. Mm -hmm. So she's a big proponent of this. And I think actually I, if I ever do, you know, well, right now I'm not traveling because of COVID, but in general I travel too much. And so we decided that we shouldn't get a dog. Um, Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I think by the time I get a dog, I'll probably want to get a senior dog because I'll probably be home (laughs) all the time and, you know, I won't want to go out in the winter and have to walk for miles. Um, But, of course, when you get a senior dog, you you are signing up for that inevitable heartbreak of losing a dog, you know, sooner. Mm -hmm, But on mm -hmm. the other hand, if you don't adopt those older dogs, they face such a grim fate. So Peggy wrote about this wonderful senior dog she adopted named Ernest, who was this big, scraggly, still energetic golden retriever, another golden. Um, and and she talked about, in general, all these different senior dogs that she's had. And, and she says in the story, we discovered that there is so much we love about senior dogs. So here's her list of all the benefits of a senior dog. They are already housebroken. 
They lounge at our feet in the yard and are happy with our leisurely pace when walking around the block. <laughs> Senior dogs are happy to nap while I work at my desk. They're eager to please. They already know the rules. You know, they're already housebroken. I mean, right. it really makes a difference. And so um, she just talks about how each senior dog has been so amazing for them. And I think it's it's really compelling. I mean, I, would, I think shelters should just, like, hand this story out to people. Say, look, this is why <laughs> you want to adopt this senior dog with the white muzzle who's in front of you right now. Right. So true. And what you just said is that matching energy. I think that's the most important thing, because if you're a young couple or a single person, a young person, and you're already sort of having a gung-ho life, obviously it's not a perfect match for you to get a senior dog. But if you are respectfully at an age where you want to pretty much slow down and enjoying the moment, and I guess in this particular case, the senior dog is a perfect match. Yeah, exactly. And and they need us. Those senior dogs mm-hmm. need us to take them home. And mm-hmm. they need us to give them those last few years in a warm, happy home where they receive the proper elder care that they deserve. That's beautiful. Chapter four. This is a really fun story. What a character is the title of the chapter. The story is Ding Dong Doggy by Julie Teal. Yeah, so Julie has another COVID story, and I thought this was really cute. So Julie's elderly parents live right across the street from her. So normally that makes it easy to help them out, you know, every day. (laughs) But once the COVID crisis hit, her parents might as well have been miles away because they all have to maintain their distance because Julie had kids and who knows, you know, what they could have been carrying without even knowing it. They could have been asymptomatic carriers. So Julie could still shop for her parents and leave their groceries outside their door but still I mean her parents were being kept away from their grandchildren and Julie knew that dogs don't carry the virus and so Mm -hmm. she came up with this plan she decided she would use one of the dogs to deliver cards and little gifts made by her children to their grandparents Mm -hmm. across the street so she had Mm -hmm. three dogs so the first dog (laughs) she picked who she thought that he, this dog would be a good messenger. The dog took the package, ran off with it, dug a hole, and buried it in the ground. <laughs> that one didn't work out. So then she retrieved the package from the dirt, gave it to the second candidate. That dog took the package and ran with it down the street. So finally Julie went for her third choice, the least likely candidate. And now this package was really a mess. It had been drooled on it, had dirt on it, it was kind of crunched, but she thought, let me see if this dog can do it. And the third dog did it. The third dog ended up becoming their messenger and delivering cards and (laughs) pictures and all kinds of little items to those grandparents across the street every day. So I thought that was adorable. Mm -hmm. And what a nice idea. It's a beautiful story. When you look at this, it's amazing the natural instincts that the dog has also. And it's extremely trainable of what you want to get done. There are many stories in the book as well. So, but this is just one of the stories that I really love. <laughs> yeah, because they want to please. That's the thing about dogs. They want to please their humans. So it is pretty mm-hmm. easy to train them because if you lavish praise on them for doing something, they're going to want to repeat that action. So true. Chapter five, a dog's purpose. I chose this because it is talking about COVID pandemic. This story, to me, is a classic example of having your dog with you. 
Sadie by my site by L.M. Lush. Yeah, and also this is a, a very interesting description of how she got COVID, mm-hmm. you know, and then what it was like going through it. So she got it very early because she lived in the New York City area where I am also. So we got it super early. Like, you know, we were in full lockdown with full mm-hmm. hospitals, you know, in March. Um, so she was standing at the pharmacy one day and this man right behind her started coughing violently. That was it. She knew mm. she'd been exposed. And so she went home and did the right thing. She immediately got all her stuff, her computer, some clothes, anything she was going to need, and she moved into the basement so she wouldn't expose her mother who lived in her house. Um, but the dog went with her. And there was actually an outside door from the basement so she could take mm-hmm. the dog out. And so she thought, all right, I'm going to quarantine with my dog, Sadie. And so the first few days, she was just bored to tears because she wasn't sick. So she just, like, tried to stay busy working, cleaning up the basement, talking to people on the phone. But then on day five, all of a sudden, she said, I felt an odd shift, a disease like a disease, mm-hmm. you know, like an unease, but it was a disease. Right. And my and she said that my body suddenly felt like it was on fire. And she got a fever, and then she had a stabbing pain in her left lung, like a burning sensation she'd never felt before. She was really congested. She could barely walk, but she had to take the dog out. And the dog usually required a really long walk, but she knew, and she immediately did her business so that they could go right back inside Mm-hmm. And the dog became like her her nurse and her comfort. By the second week, um, LM was in constant pain. She got gastro problems also. She couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. She couldn't get comfortable in any position. I mean, she had a really bad case of COVID-19. And um, the dog just was so intuitive. At one point, when she couldn't even get up to take the dog out, the dog held it in for three days. And she says, I still don't know how she managed to do that for three days. It was a three-week battle, and Sadie was her constant companion and caregiver. And LM says that maybe Sadie saved her life because she got her to get up and move around a little bit and go outside once in a while and then, Mm -hmm. you know, comforted her and lay on her when she needed to be laid on. And um, she, she just got her through this horrible experience this is the classic example of that natural one-on-one bonding and most importantly it's an isolation i guess that's where you really connect (laughs) and so this story is just beautiful from that perspective do you have a story that you like in chapter five for dog's purpose well one of the things that we see is that dogs some dogs don't need a purpose. Like if, I think mm-hmm. if you have a pug, which my daughter has, um, <laughs> they don't need a purpose. Their purpose is to be really cute and make funny noises and lie around and be, you know, like your lap warmer, <laughs> right? But then mm-hmm. a lot of dogs really, really do need to have a purpose. Like mm-hmm. they need to herd animals or people or they need to hunt something or retrieve something. So um, Katie Avagliano tells us that her family always raised uh, 
uh, guide dogs for the CAI mm. organization. And they, they would take German Shepherd puppies and they would turn them into guide dogs, which was great, although it was kind of sad because they would raise a dog, have it for a year, and then they'd have to hand the dog over. Uh, and they'd go to the dog's graduations after they were trained and see how they came out. And the dogs would be so proud of themselves being mm-hmm. guide dogs. But sometimes a dog failed to make it through training. So they had this one dog who actually was a great guide dog and was trained really well, but developed gastrointestinal problems. So the Seeing Eye organization had to give up the dog. So Katie adopted the dog back. And then his GI problems cleared up. But it was too late for him to go back to becoming a guide dog. So here was this healthy but unemployed dog who wanted to work. So she thought, maybe I can get him to change careers and make him a therapy dog instead of a guide dog. And so she did that, and he was really, really good at it. And he ended up working at a school down the street from her for children with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some of them were on the autism spectrum. Some of them had other disabilities. Um, And she talked about this one little boy named Stephen who was completely nonverbal, eight years old. And he was transformed when he was with the dog Walcott. Like, normally he couldn't pay attention to anything. He couldn't stop moving around. But with Walcott, he could stay still. He could focus. He could be gentle instead of aggressive. He even could communicate a little bit. And so it was just a really nice story showing that dogs really want to have a purpose. We had, I remember we had another um, story in the book about a dog that was a trained therapy dog and had the mm-hmm. little jacket that it wore. And then mm-hmm. during COVID, the dog was so miserable. And the a woman wrote that she realized he needed something to do. So her husband pretended that he needed therapy and they put <laughs> yes, the little jacket on the dog in their house, you know, and then the dog <laughs> went and did therapy to her husband in their house, but just because he wanted to put his jacket on and do his job. Right. Right. That's true. So true. Another cute story, actually. <laughs> yeah. Another COVID situation. Yeah. Right. Right. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple's Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hub Hopper. My guest is Amy Newmark, the Publisher and Editor-in-Chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about heartwarming, humorous, and true stories about our canine companions that touches every dog's lover's soul. Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs, 101 Tales of family, friendship, and fun. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, let's talk about chapter six. This is a beautiful story I learned from the dog, Walking Bug by Judy. Yeah, so Judy was a new, newly retired person, um, and then the COVID lockdown occurred. And so she was newly retired. She was like, ready to go, right? Starting her new life. And <laughs> luckily, she had this really energetic Boston Terrier uh, a puppy. And so they would go out for a walk every morning. And now with all the neighbors home, Judy started meeting everyone. Of course, they stayed, you know, many feet apart from each other. But she says that little bug was like the social director who she needed to meet the people whose homes she'd been walking and driving by all those years, but she had been employed. So she never actually got to meet the neighbors. So it was perfect timing. She retired the lockdown occurred, everyone was at home, and then her little dog became her social director. 
It's a beautiful story. I remember, I believe it was last year that you had a book called What I Learned from My Dog. We've had life lessons from the dog. We had life lessons, lessons from, the from the dog. Yeah, yes. because people really do learn a lot about how to have a better life by by following the example of their dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. Chapter 7, Melting Hearts. I know you talk a little bit about that. Darkest Before the Dawn by Melissa Richards. It's a wonderful story. So you picked all the COVID stories. So for the listeners, there's maybe a dozen COVID stories out of the 101. Just saying, you know, not all COVID, but the COVID stories just seem particularly interesting right now, don't they? So in yeah, this one, yeah. there's this elderly woman. She takes in an elderly dog when her elderly neighbor dies from COVID. Um, and, and Melissa Richards, who wrote the story, it lives in the U.K., and there they weren't allowed to take dogs to shelters during their lockdown. So she mm-hmm. was stuck with the dog. And, boy, did she fall in love with that dog. And so she said that, it was just a great experience having this dog on her um, during the pandemic. And she had been kind of lonely. And she said having this little dog really opened up her heart um, to make her realize that she needed human interaction again and she needed love again in her life. And so, so having this little dog with her during the shutdown is going to really change the path of her life going forward. It's a beautiful story. And, same thing for Chapter 8. You have another contributor that's from Europe. Yeah. The title of the chapter is Who Rescued Who? And I love this story, Bake Bubba Happy by Donna Roberts. Yeah, so Donna Roberts works for the military. So she lives in Germany, uh, and she's married to a French-Italian-American guy, um, Sergio. We get a lot of stories from Donna. We get stories from Sergio, and we get stories from Sergio's mom, Denise. So um, we have a lot of stories from all three of them. They're great writers. So anyway, um, in this story, Donna tells us that her husband went to France to get his mother out before they closed the border between France and Germany, and they got back just before the border closed. Um so she has her 90-year-old mother-in-law with her now, and this is heaven for the dog because her mother-in-law, <laughs> who is, like, totally there, her mother-in-law is an amazing woman, like, totally lucid and perfect. And, you know, we all want to be that way when we're 90. So her mother-in-law <laughs> just came in and started baking. And the first day, she's baking, and they're smelling all this good stuff, and they go into the kitchen and she's making pancakes, but it turns out the pancakes are for the dogs and the humans don't want to have them. So Donna and Sergio, her husband, had to wait their turn. And then her mom started making homemade dog biscuits for the dogs, but luckily she made cookies for the humans also. But it's just really cute about the dogs being in heaven during the COVID lockdown with their, their grandma there to bake for them all day long. It's a beautiful story. That's what reminded me about my mom because she – connects with our pet, Pele, and Pele does have his own placemats. Anything falls out of the placemat, he's not going to eat it. And then my mom does cook food for him rather than eating like dog food and stuff like that. So I thought it was really cute. (laughs) Yeah, some people do cook everything from scratch for their dogs. Yeah, it's amazing. What's your favorite story in Chapter 9? Well, I love these stories that remind us 
about living in the moment. And so mm-hmm. Terry Knight wrote a story about how she was this busy mom and she was stressed over her whole, you know, to-do list. And she had a million things to do before she picked up the kids from school. But then she had to take the dog out. And then when she took the dog out, this is a new dog she had just adopted from the shelter. Um, and they didn't have not put a fence up yet. So she had to go out with the dog. Mm-hmm. And then the dog didn't want to just do her business and come right back in. Mm-hmm. But Terry was forced to stand out there and notice that the sun was warm on her face and there was a hummingbird nearby and there was a nice gentle breeze and there were some uh, lilacs that smelled really good and the sky was a brilliant blue and all of a sudden she realized she was enjoying nature because the dog refused to be hurried along and the dog was enjoying nature. So Terry had to give in and enjoy nature too. And then she thought, this is how you're supposed to be. You know, I can do the laundry later. So (laughs) that's why she called her story Zoe's Simple Blessings, because Zoe, the dog, taught her to see those simple blessings in everyday life. That's true. That's a beautiful story. I mean, you're right, because we either always dwell about the past or keep on thinking about something about the future, but we're never in the present moment. Yeah. So I thought that was good. I I really think we've had a lot of stories over the years where people were like, I wanted to go one way, my dog (laughs) wanted to go another way, my dog was dawdling, this and that. And then they always say, but then I realized how nice it was and how unimportant it was that I rushed back to my (laughs) office or rushed back to my laundry. And the dog really taught me a lesson. So I I love those stories that, because, you know, we humans, we have to hear those lessons over and over again. Right. So true. Chapter 10, Best Friends. The story that I really like in this chapter is His Inner Clock by Maya Morin. I think we've all read stories or experienced how surprisingly accurate dogs are when it comes to those inner clocks that they have, right? They know what Mm -hmm. time we wake up. They know what time the school bus is going to show up. They know what time they eat. You know, if you're five minutes late for dinner, they're standing there like, I've been here for five minutes. I know what time I eat. <laughs> but they also can keep track of the days of the week. And so during the COVID shutdown, um, Maria's dog, Mac, was really happy for a while. One day, he started to be much less happy, and he was staying at the living room window for hours, looking outside. He was whining, and all of a sudden, their dog, who was so happy to have mommy and daddy home, was very unhappy, and he stayed that way for days. And then six days went by, and he was still not acting himself. And then their son called, and their son put his four-year-old daughter on the line, and Maria said, hi, Cara, to the daughter, and the dog went crazy. He ran around looking for the daughter. He was wagging his tail. He was barking. He was jumping up and down. He was looking out that living room window again. And that's when they realized that granddaughter, Kara, came to visit them every other Tuesday. So not even every Tuesday, every other Tuesday. But that day, six days ago, when Mac had been looking out the living room window all day, that was the Tuesday she was supposed to come, but because of the COVID lockdown, she didn't come. (laughs) And the poor dog had been dejected and listless ever since. So what they did was they arranged an outdoor play date. The Mm -hmm, dog mm -hmm. and the four-year-old granddaughter could play together while the adults stayed socially distanced. (laughs) So they did that. 
And that night, the dog was really happy and had the first peaceful sleep that he'd had in a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I chose that story. And again, it's a reminder of my experience with my dog, Pele, and my mom. When my mom and my dad started going on vacation, Pele would be sitting outside waiting for my mom to come back. It's like, what the heck happened here? You know? <laughs> People Uh are gone. (laughs) And what's so funny is that when my mom returned like five days later or something, well, he doesn't want anything to do with my mom. It's like, you left me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Then they punish you. And they ignore you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I missed you while you were gone. It's like, oh, you came back. You want to hug me now? Like, heck no. I I know. They are like that. That's really cute. (laughs) Yeah. So really, really cute. What call out stories are Chicken Soup working on? for the future? So we're collecting um, half a dozen or more topics right now. We're collecting for mm-hmm. our next book about angels. We're collecting um, for a book about counting your blessings. We're collecting stories for a book about elder care, um, mm-hmm. whether it's with or without dementia, either way. Um, we're collecting stories about making me time, which is so important. And then we're collecting uh, stories about miracles and divine intervention. And also we're collecting stories about tough times, not just COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, but COVID issues, economic problems, you know, losing your job. So stuff that's COVID related, but also just in general, death, grieving, healing, chronic disease, serious illnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the silver linings people see, the power of positive thinking, the finding pleasure in, in simple things again. You know, people have gotten very nostalgic for old books, old television shows, old values, old pastimes. I'm sure people are pulling out, like, Scrabble and things like that. <laughs> you know, so we're collecting for that also. And to submit to those books, you go to chickensoup.com and scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and you'll see, you can click on submit your story and then you'll see all the topics we're working on. You'll see our story guidelines. You'll, we walk you through the process of submitting your story. Wonderful. That's beautiful. As we close the show, what wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? I guess I have like six kind of tips I picked up from Mm -hmm. this book and I, I wrote them down just because, you know, they made an impression on me. So my first tip, was about how dogs help you make friends, but basically it's in general a lesson, which is to be open to making new friends, which is something mm-hmm. people are finding out these days. And then also, you know, that reminder to live in the present, it's so important um, as we go through the COVID time, but all, you know, all of the ups and downs of life. And then, you know, in this book, people learned how to let their dog help them. But in general, it's, it's learn to accept help, not just from your dog, but from anybody who wants to help you. Like, accept that help. It makes people really happy to give you that help. And then I think another lesson I picked up, another ingredient for life, is that rules are made to be broken. And sometimes dogs show you that, that rules are made to be broken. And that adds a little spice to life, you know, a little joy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's something really simple, like eat the cookies before dinner. You know, it can be something like that. And then, you know, just as your dog can be your therapist, so can be that neighbor, that friend, that family member who you never thought of in that way. But go ahead and let somebody be your therapist and help you through something. 
And then finally, I think something that we learn from Chicken Soup for the Soul, the magic of dogs, is that you need to reject stereotypes because that's what happens with dogs where people are stereotyping, oh, that's a pit bull mm-hmm. or that's a pit bull mix. Like we had a great story in the book about a guy who adopted a pit bull and was very worried about doing that and then realized the dog was so friendly and so sweet mm-hmm. and, you know, not at all scary, just this gentle, affectionate, eager to please dog. And just in general, we need to reject stereotypes and view each new dog or each new individual <laughs> without any preconceived notion. Wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me. I'm from My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, July 21st. My guest will be Paul Wheaton. We will be having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and his new book, Building a Better World in Your Backyard. Paul and his co-author, Sean Klassen Coop, are committed to making a huge positive global difference that begins right from our home. They prioritize comfort over sacrifice while saving thousands of dollars. They also explore dozens of solutions and their impact on carbon footprint, petroleum footprint, toxic footprint, and other environmental issues. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. Happy summer and thank you again and have a blessed day. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.